You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. Here the Apostle Paul writes, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand firm. This is God's word. Thank you, Pastor. When David and I were looking at um, sort of our sermon agenda, you know, we look at, we actually sit down and we try to look at a year and see what, what, what is God saying about this year. And, and sometimes that year may not be on the calendar January to December, but we look at kind of a long period of time. Um, and, and try to just discern what is God doing in the earth, what is God doing in life church, in our neighborhood, and, and try to get a sense of, of what God might be wanting to speak to us. Then we also uh, look, you know, a little bit closer and, and, and try to see, well, what is, what is going on right now in the lives of the people of life church? What's going on in our nation? What's going on around us, you know? And, and hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And we try to, to bring our sermons out uh, with all of that in, in mind. And so we, we kind of lay out a number of sermon options and we start to pray for them and we, we you know, start to prepare some things and we discuss it back and forth. And so there's a lot of sort of prep that goes into deciding a particular sermon or a particular sermon subject, if you will. All right. And uh, so a few months back, I, I was really thinking that I would like to, to preach at some point um, and that's another thing that, that plays into our decision-making is what is in our heart. What, what is God speaking to each of our hearts about what we need to be preaching to you as a congregation? And sometimes our heart uh, taps into our passion. Um, and, and one of mine is prayer. So that's why I've been in prayer a lot lately is because that is a passion of mine, but also because I've been sensing that prayer is something that God wants us to look at as a congregation. Um, and so we're, we're looking at prayer some. And uh, so then as I started to think about that, I thought I would like to preach on spiritual warfare. Now, I would love to do a series on spiritual warfare, um, but also uh, I was looking at the calendar and going, well, I'm going to be leaving, and that's my trip to Brazil, and ah, that'd be a great place to talk about spiritual warfare just a little bit. And that's a very selfish decision on my part because I not only want you to be praying and praying out of the context of spiritual warfare, warfare for your lives and your family and the neighborhood and the church and all of that. Um, but I also want you praying for this team uh, that is going to Brazil. And uh, it's a very unique situation that we're entering into, uh, both nationally in, in the sense of Brazil and their economy and the kinds of things that they're dealing with as a nation right now. It's in great turmoil, uh, especially financially and otherwise, uh, their leadership, uh, the corruption, all of that kind of stuff, um, but also where we will be going and what we will be doing in, in particular. Those are some areas where I'm, I'm pretty confident to say to you that uh, there's a great need for spiritual warfare 
there to go on ahead of us going and doing that. And so I really would like to prepare you for that as, as well. Now, I can't do a series right now because I'm leaving. Uh, so what I want to do is, is kind of bring it to the forefront here, address it a little bit this morning, and then I want to come back later in the year, um, <clears throat> and I want to do a little bit more with spiritual warfare and talk to you and preach to you some more about not only spiritual warfare, but other prayer as, as well. So I talked to you already about how to pray for the church, all right? Um, and so we got that down. And so today I want to look at this particular passage that David read to you. And I want to talk to you about this thing called spiritual warfare, all right? And um, I want to I kind of uh, give you an opportunity to participate with me in this sermon this morning. So... Here's what I'd like for you to do. I'd like for you to help me close this message out today. So as I'm preaching to you this morning, as I'm talking to you about spiritual warfare, uh, and this may have already happened to you, great worship set, by the way, this morning. And throughout the worship, I was constantly uh, thinking of scriptures. There were scriptures coming to my mind as we were singing all through that worship time. Uh, so what I'd like for you to do is, as I am preaching, or in response to the worship time this morning, uh, if the Spirit prompts you with a scripture reference, write it down and go to it in your Bible and hold on to it right there, okay? At the end of the service, I'm going to ask you to share with me in an exhortation to all of us from Scripture, all right? Not preaching, not teaching it, not even discussing it. It's Scripture. We're going to, we're going to end this service today with hopefully a plethora of Scriptures that will help us to stand. When we've done everything else to stand, we stand. So as we're going through this and you think of that Scripture, just find it in your Bible quietly and, and effectively here. Just put your finger there or a note or whatever. And, uh, and then at the end of the service time uh, today, I'm going to ask a number of you to be willing to just stand up and read your Scripture that has either inspired you or helped you in some way to be overcoming in your life and uh, is something that you use in spiritual warfare, okay? So let's, let's try to see what happens with that, okay? All right, so, you know... Spiritual warfare um, in, in America seems to have a different kind of sense to it than it does in a lot of other places. Uh, but spiritual warfare is this idea of uh, something that is a conflict between like a spiritual good and a spiritual evil. Um, and it's not an unusual concept in places like South America or Central America or Africa uh, or China or somewhere like that. So much as it does seem to be quite unapproachable even in some cases and certainly uh, unfamiliar to a lot of Western uh, Americans, all right? Uh, so we tend to, to look at it and approach it much differently than a lot of other countries do. In other parts of the world, um, in, in many parts of the world, actually, uh, it actually helps people to really understand reality. They have a better sense, a better grip, if you will, of reality because they have an answer that a lot of times we in the American church will not accept, all right? And so I, I would like to just, just kind of talk about that a little bit here this morning, all right? We in this, what, what we call Western world or Western church, um, we tend to find the idea of spiritual warfare to be a very foreign concept. It's not familiar to us. We don't, we don't work with it very well. We actually struggle, all right? 
A lot of us in, in the American church, we struggle with this idea of spiritual warfare. Now, our, our life in a, in a battle, all right, you know, uh, we understand that. We, we use those terms. We say life is a battle. Life, life is, is hard. Life is bad. Life is tough. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm all the time wrestling with something. I'm dealing with something. We talk about that and we say that, but we say it in the context of, well, my life is just hard. You know, something, something's out of kilter. Something's not right. Something's not fixed here. And, and what, so, so then my answer is, I got to fix it. I, I got to find what the problem is. I got I to gotta understand it a little better. Uh, I got to get some kind of answer that says to me, I can fix this. And then I just need to fix it. And so a lot of our work is trying to find out the answer, if you will, all right? And so I want to try to move you on the back side of that. I want to try to get you on the other side of that. And I want you to try to see some things from, from the Scriptures now that will help us, all right, not to so much agree with that statement without an ability to apply it and understand it fully, but, but in a way so that we begin to understand that there is indeed a battle that is going on. And it is going on in the earth realm and there is some stuff behind the fact that life is hard, that life is difficult, that, that life is tough, you know, and that I'm in some kind of battle or I'm wrestling with something or, or whatever, okay? So what I want to try to answer here from this passage this morning is like who we're going to fight or who we're fighting, who, uh, what is this fight? You know, what, what are we fighting? And, and, and how are we to, to do that? How are we supposed to fight? And I'm going to do that in a very general way. And then we'll come back later on and we'll talk more uh, uh, about this in a little bit of a, of a deeper series, if you will. But here's where I want to get you this morning. I want to get you to understand that you're in a battle. All right? I want you to understand that there is a battle that is going on and you're in it. All right? It, it isn't something where you get to say, oh, you know what? I think I'll sign up. Or, you know, no, fighting is not for me. I, I'm a peacemaker. doesn't work that way, all right? You're in the battle. You're in there, all right? And you don't get to get out of it. You get to win it, all right? That's, that's the exciting thing is you're in there, but you win. You, you have power and authority behind you, all right? And I hope you are going to tell us all that at the end here, all right? You're going to show us that and demonstrate that through Scripture, all right? So we're in this struggle, all right? And, and this battle, according to this passage here, he's saying, finally, okay, at the end of all of this that, that I've already talked about here, about wives and husbands and children and parents and, and, and bondservants and masters and all these other things and this great God, you need to be strong in the Lord, and in the strength of his might. All right, that alone, that, that sentence shifts you and I. It moves us. This isn't about you and what you can do in your own strength. All right, it isn't, Paul is not even suggesting that you do this yourself. But he's saying you need to be strong in the Lord. All right, you, you've got this this tool, if you will, you've got this, this strength to rely upon that is in the Lord. It's in His strength and His might. So that's the platform where we, we start right here. And in that, then, you put on this armor of God. You begin to do these things, all right? And there's a reason why. So that you can stand, all right? 
so that you're strong, you're solid, you're formidable, all right? You're not always bending. You're not always falling. You're not always breaking. You're not in a place of always being defeated. You're not cycling all the time through various sins and situations. But you're standing strong. All right? You have a sure foundation. You're firmly set. Your feet are planted. And you're able to weather the storms of this life and the situations that are buffeting you and coming against you because of this great God whose strength you can pull from and this armor that you can put on and there you stand all right so that's what we need to do so who is it that 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 we are fighting well i'm going to tell you who it's not it's not flesh and blood all right just look at someone beside you and say it's okay it's not you (laughs) it's not you all right it's it's not any of us it's 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 not flesh and blood but it is it says here spiritual forces of evil spiritual forces of evil all right that's who we're fighting against spiritual forces of evil and we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute okay what is it that we are fighting we are fighting the schemes of the devil all right that's what we're going after it's the schemes of the devil the plans the methods of the devil we'll talk about that a little bit more okay And then how do we fight? All right? You're going to answer that with your scriptures. All right? We fight with everything we can. We we do everything we possibly can to stand. And when we've done all of that, we stand. All right? And that's, that's sort of the implied promise of God. When we do, when we take hold of the scriptures and we implement the scriptures in our lives and we live out of truth and not out of the lies and the deceptions of the devil, then we are able to stand. We're able to take a firm footing and stand in that place of victory. And so that's what I want to kind of take you through here uh, in, 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 a, in a, hopefully a, a very simple yet, yet powerful way for you this morning. Okay? So, I want to I go straight into verse 12 here because I want to talk first about, about uh, what it, who, who, who it is that we're, we're fighting against, okay? So, you're not, you're not wrestling. You're not, you're not against this flesh and blood. But he says it is, it is rulers, it's authorities, it's cosmic powers, it's spiritual forces, they're evil, they're in heavenly places. And when Paul tells us all of this... He doesn't mean, folks, that we don't wrestle against any version of flesh and blood. That's not what he's saying here when he says your battle isn't against flesh and blood. He's not saying that, that, that evil doesn't take flesh and blood form, all right? Because sometimes it does. And that's why there are wars and, and, and things like that, okay? That's why there's sex trafficking and stuff like that, all right? So, so he's not saying that there isn't flesh and blood involved in this battle. He's saying your battle isn't with that flesh and blood, all right? So you, so you, need, you need to understand that. And, and after all, I mean, you look at the Apostle Paul. He, he, uh, he dealt with people who flogged him. He dealt with, with people who stoned him. He dealt with people who put him in prison. He dealt with a lot of adversarial flesh and blood. All right? These are people who were against him, who wanted to destroy him, who, who literally wanted to kill him. All right? But he's saying, hey, they're not my battle. My battle isn't against those individuals, but there's something behind there. There's something that I've got to understand beyond the flesh and the blood. So what he's saying is, is, is it's not only the flesh and blood when evil 
is at work. But evil takes this form of flesh and blood, if you will. And that's why we have war and we have cruelty and we have violence and we have racism and we have poverty and we have all of these things because they participate in something that is above and beyond and behind flesh and blood. And that's what you need to understand in this battle. Otherwise, you're just going to fight people and yourself the rest of your life. And you're never going to make it if that's your battle. All right? And so I want to challenge us that we begin to live out of a position that, hey, I have to always look beyond. I have to always look outside of the flesh and blood situation, the relationships that are going on around me. Husbands and wives, look beyond, please. Don't kill each other. Understand that there's something out there behind there or beyond there or, or underneath there that is going on. And get to that spiritually in, 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 in battle and take care of that. All right? There are forces that are out there. Brothers and sisters in the church, your battle is not with each other. Please understand that. God's called you to be in unity. God's called you to live in harmony. And you're not going to always agree with each other. You're not always going to understand each other. You're going to sometimes take offense to a word or a phrase or a glance or a countenance or a situation or whatever. There's going to be stuff that's going to make you feel inadequate, insecure, upset, wronged, hurt, whatever. But your battle is not with that person. Your battle is not in that particular situation. It's beyond that. Because the enemy's intent is to separate you and divide you and isolate you. And if he can get you away from everybody else, he'll get you off by yourself. And he'll do everything he can to destroy you in that place. No, husbands and wives, you need to be going towards each other. As hard as it may be at times, you just got to say, hey, he is not my, my, my battle. She is not my battle. When you're in the church, they are not my battle. That person is not the battle that I am in. Flesh and blood is not my battle. But these entities, they participate in something that, that is out there beyond just the flesh and the blood. That is, it's, it's, it's more than, than merely human or, or natural, all right? And so, so we see that something is behind the human. Something is behind the natural. And until you understand that depth and how invasive that evil is, it's going to be very dangerous for you to battle, for you to fight. Because you're going to fight wrong. You're going to fight different than what you need. You're not going to get the true strategies that you need to fight the enemy. And so we need to understand that in this neighborhood, folks, you don't have a battle with a neighbor. I don't care what that neighbor does or doesn't do. I don't care how that neighbor behaves or what he says or she says or does or don't do or, 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 or how you feel impacted by that. Your battle is not with that individual. Don't, don't bring it down to that place where, where you narrow it down so that another human being is harmed in your fight. Let's, let's begin to see. So, so we, we need to understand how invasive this evil is. We, we need to understand the, the depth of it and how dangerous it is for us to stay on a shallow level and fight with flesh and blood, okay? And, 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 in, and in, modern, in the modern Western world, uh, or, the, or the modern Western church here, uh, we have trouble with this. 
we, 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 this bothers us. Our mindset <clears throat> has become, we've been taught, we've been conditioned this way now, okay? But our mindset has become that everything has this sort of like natural cause. There's a reason for everything. I just need to find out what the cause is. Therefore, if everything has a, a natural cause, um, then it has a scientific explanation or a logical explanation, all right? And, and, and so then we want to explain crime. We want to explain violence. We want to explain abortion. We want to explain sex trafficking. We want to explain war. We want to explain the Holocaust. And we try to explain these things off. And so we start to say, well, you know, there's the answers. It's, it's bad psychology. In other words, it's, someone was raised bad. Someone was educated bad. It's bad sociology, you know. Well, it, it, someone had a bad social system uh, that they were in, and it affected them and, and, and hurt them in, in, in some way. And we want to do that because, see, for us then, it's like our thinking is, all I have to do is figure it out, and then I can fix it. So it's either psychological or it's either sociological or something like that. And that, that is, that's our mindset. But I'm telling you, that mindset is wearing thin. That is not a good mindset when you see the kind of evil that is going on in the world and that has now encroached into America. Western culture didn't have all this stuff that we have now before. We were pretty safe. We were pretty clean. And, and to those of you who, who are a different ethnicity than someone who is Caucasian, please don't take offense at me right now, okay? But what I want you to understand is, is that we are just, we are that safe uh, white church. And, and you may be like a, a black couple, but you're, you're in that, that sort of system. You're in that stronghold of what we would call safe white church, all right? So, so even though you're, you're of another ethnicity, in America, you live in that sort of safe envi- environment that, that, that the, the white church has created over time in America. And, and folks, it's wrong. It's wrong. You go to South America, and church isn't like that. You go to Africa, and church isn't like that. You go to Central America, and church isn't like that. And I want to challenge us that we get out of that mindset of keeping it safe. I don't think that, that God allowed people from other ethnicities to come into America so that we could make them safe. Like our little protected world. I think God brought people to try to help us to understand some things. And we didn't understand. We refused to get it. We just tried to make everybody like us. Good heavens. We want everybody to be just like... Because, see, that's so much safer and easier. If everybody's just like me, then I don't have to worry about anything. Do do you understand? Are are you understanding what I'm trying to say here? The last thing God wants you to do is is, is to put all the people around you just like you so you just feel good. God doesn't do that. No. God puts you in a world that it says has all kinds of adversarial entities that you are fighting a battle with, and you need to understand that, that you are in that battle. You can't make it safe enough in this world without God. You can't explain it away. You can't fix it. You can't say it's psychological. You can't say it's sociological and leave it right there, all right? Because we can't fix that. And I, and I want to ask you, 
a, a question. I want you to be honest about it in, in, in answering it for yourself and for others. How much of that kind of mindset is affecting life church and how we pray and what we do? How aggressive are you in your prayer life? How willing are you to take on spiritual forces of darkness in your prayer life? Are, are, are our prayers just staying real safe? Are we not really addressing the strongholds that are around us? There, there is, folks, he's, he, he talks about it here. He says there's this cosmic, supernatural evil. It's out there. We use medical terms to describe all this. We talk about dysfunctions, and we talk about pathology, and there are dysfunctions, and there is pathology, and there, there are sociological problems, and, and they are complex, and, and there are psychological issues that are, that are complex, and we don't deny that. But what I'm telling you is you've got to go beyond that if you really want victory through God. All right? God will use that stuff. God will use all the information that, that He is allowed to be downloaded to us for our help. But beyond that, you are fighting a battle that is not overly concerned about that stuff. It is far-reaching, and you and I are going to have to address that in prayer. And so I challenge you today to live out of this place of understanding that there is this deeper thing that is going on. Because it's gotten, it's gotten harder and harder, folks. To say that things like the Holocaust and ethnic cleansing and serial killing and all of that. Oh, it's just bad psychology. It's just bad sociology. It's, just, it's, it's because there's, there's just bad adjustment going on. If we're going to understand that fully and we're going to deal with that fully, we're going to have to understand what, what Paul is saying here. We are not wrestling against any kind of flesh and blood, but there are rulers, there are authorities, there are cosmic powers, there is a present darkness, there are spiritual forces of evil that are in heavenly places. And so we live, we live. But see, we in the West seem not to be able to, to account for or to explain this kind of depth of evil. We don't know how to do that. But the Bible does. It doesn't have a problem. Evil came down from two races, two groups, if you will. But God created them both, angels and humans. Angels fell. By use of their free will. Man fell by use of his free will. The devil and other fallen angels are personal, supernatural beings. They're out there, all right? Humans turned and, and now there's evil and pain in the hearts of human beings. The world has fallen. We live in a world of sin. There is darkness out there. We need to live a prayer life that, that is appropriate to the dimension of what we are dealing with. And, 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 and folks, nice prayers don't always get that. Nice prayers don't always accomplish that. And I'm going to tell you something. If you listen to the world right now, the world wants to change how you pray, if you pray at all. And the world wants you to pray some nice little prayers that don't offend anybody. Well, let me tell you something. If you live in that world, you will offend your God. Because His intent is to deliver and set free. He sent His Son, and Jesus stood up and said, I have come to set the captive free. To bind up the brokenhearted. 
to bring joy to those who are cast down. All right? So the work we are in is a work that, that causes, requires us, all right, demands of us that we fight in this battle. There is a devil out there, there are demons out there, and you need to understand that and see that. If you struggle with that, let me, let me, let me ask you to consider some things. All right, if you struggle with that, maybe you need to consider that maybe you're too simplistic and not the rest of the, the church world. You know, we, we want to sophisticate this thing. We, we, we want to make it palatable. We want to be unoffensive and unintrusive. And so we can't call sin, sin anymore. The world is saying your prayers have to be tolerant or you shouldn't pray them. I want my prayer to throw some devil down. I'm sick of seeing my family bound up and your family bound up. I'm sick of seeing cyclical sin and people struggling. I'm sick of, of, of having to, to sit down with my brothers and, and hold them and, 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 and listen to them weep about their battle with pornography. I'm, 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 I, I don't want to keep having to, to sit down with people over and over again only to have them tell me what I already know inside myself. And that is that we are oftentimes feeling rejected and alone and abandoned and, 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 and messed up and imperfect and afflicted. I don't want these lies of the enemy plaguing us and us not having a handle on them. All right? So let's, let's not sophisticate ourselves up to the point that we can't pray powerful prayers. Maybe, maybe we are the ones who are too simplistic. And maybe we need to learn from our brothers in South America and our brothers in Africa. And learn and understand that there are spirits and powers of darkness that are out there that we need and can take on by the authority of Jesus Christ. And start to live in that kind of battle, if you will. I know we don't like the idea of fighting. You know, we've been told, well, you shouldn't fight. You better fight. That's the only way you're going to have victory. The second thing is maybe, maybe you ought to consider whether or not you might be culturally narrow. This, this, this sort of what I call white Western mentality. Maybe, that's, maybe you're just being very narrow there. Maybe, maybe, maybe you need to understand that there are people all around the world who have been dealing with these kinds of powers of darkness for decades upon decades upon decades upon decades upon decades. And they've been fighting these battles. And maybe we need to learn from our brothers and sisters in the church outside of good old USA. And maybe we need to begin to, to let them teach us things that we haven't been able to understand yet. And, and, and here's the thing. Are you, are you having trouble believing in a devil or, or in demons? When, when other nations do that? Maybe we could see their wisdom. Maybe, maybe we could begin to, to embrace what they have known and experienced I'm not talking about experience alone now. I'm talking about experience that lines up with Scripture. Their experience lines up more and seems more right with Scripture than the, the, the Western churches does, in my opinion. 
me ask you this. Do, do you believe in God? Well, then why would you not believe in evil? If, if all you're doing is just looking for just a good God, and that's sort of all you want, you're going to miss it. Because there, there, it's inconsistent to say, well, there's a good spirit, but there's not a bad spirit. If you're living believing that you've got nothing to, to battle with, you're going to live defeated. And you're not even going to know you're defeated because you're deceived. And, and he, well, here's my last argument. If the Bible is true, and it is, you, if you don't believe these things that are biblical and scriptural, you will not understand let alone defeat the darkness that is capturing your soul, your family, your city, your nation, and the world. I don't want to go to Brazil not assured that there are people who are praying when my feet step on that territory. Because there are strongholds that are there that I don't even understand or even know about. Every person going to Brazil needs you to pray for them. Just as I kept saying, pray for Chase in Egypt. You know, uh, pray for these others in these different places they went all summer. You know, we were, we were talking about praying for different ones. You know, because they need that kind of prayer. They need that spiritual warfare, if you will, all right? And here's the thing, folks. We're in over our head if God isn't helping us. I, I don't know what's going to happen in Life Church. I, Life Church is in such a transitional place right now, which is in one way disconcerting to some, but I think it's a very exciting thing when you, when you don't know what God is exactly doing, but you know He's doing something. I just think that's exciting. Uh, I don't like the unknown, but I love that God is moving. I love that God is at work, you know. And so I don't know where we're going to be and what, what's going to happen in, in Life Church and how we're going to look, you know, even a year from now. But I know this, God is up to something. And it's going to take more than, than, than psychology and sociology and technique and this and that and the other and education and all these things. All these things are fabulous. They're necessary. We have to have them. But we have to go beyond that and say, okay, we have to understand the spiritual strongholds that are affecting our city, our neighborhood, our church, our families, our own personal lives. And here's what I don't want you to do. I think there's two errors that you can fall into here. And, and, and one is to overestimate the enemy, and the other is to underestimate the enemy. There's a, there's a wonderful balance in there somewhere, all right? So I want you to, to be very, very careful that, that you don't, uh, first of all, overestimate, all right? The Bible says, be strong in the Lord. Don't, don't for one minute think the devil's got the upper hand. Don't live out of a place of what? That, well, the devil can do whatever he wants to, and the devil's so strong, and the devil's so powerful, and all that. That is hogwash. Don't live in that kind of place. Live in the place of understanding that you serve a living God. Let God arise and let his enemy be scattered. That's, that's where we live, all right? But then don't, don't underestimate his power, all right? 
Paul uses these terms, rulers and authorities and, 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 and uh, cosmic powers and darkness and spiritual forces. Why, what's he doing? He's trying to get us to wake up and understand. Do you, do you realize that this is, this is a foe to be reckoned with? This is one that is after you. The Bible says he is your enemy. He is like a lion crouched at the door, ready to devour you. The wiles of the enemy will destroy you. And so don't underestimate him either. This is a struggle. We are wrestling, all right? And, and this, this word struggle that's used in the scripture here, it's like one wrestling on the ground. It's like a place of desperation, if you will. The idea here is that you've got to do this. The enemy is on you. The enemy is trying to take you out. This isn't a sniper somewhere way over and he's just shooting randomly. This is the enemy that is, he, has, he is in combat with you. He is against you. He is on you. He is wrestling you on the ground. This is about your spiritual life and death. Um. C.S. Lewis says, you, <laughs> he says, you don't, you got to be careful. You don't want to have an unhealthy um, interest or obsession with, with the demonic, all right? But then he also says, but you don't want to have disbelief in the demonic either. And he says, here's the thing. Devils are pleased with either one. Either one. They would, they don't care which one you live in take either one get obsessed with them don't believe in them but what the devil shakes at is when you begin to understand the power that is at your resource through Jesus Christ and you begin to act on it and live in it so don't say all or none say Jesus is Lord and live in that place See, the problem is it, it, it is the devil. <laughs> it, it is demons. They are out there. They are at work. They are trying to take you out. And, and, and to, to sit around and say, you know, that's not really my world. I don't, I don't really feel that. I don't really see that. The Bible says it. And, 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 and one of the great ways, and I'm going to close with this, one of the great ways, one of the, the big categories here of the devil's work. I mean, his name means liar. It means slanderer. All right? So one of the great ways he works is to lie and to slander, to deceive. There's a preacher that uses uh, the, uh, this illustration. He says, he says if you, the devil works like, like a piano. He says, go, go to a piano and open the top of the piano and then sing a note. Just sing a note out loud, okay? Any note, doesn't matter. He said, but, but, but what happens is if you look inside the piano when you sing that note, you'll see that one chord starts to vibrate. It's that note. You may not know what note you're singing, but one chord will, will start to just, just vibrate a little bit. It, 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 you hit that chord. All right? And here's what the devil does. He knows you. 
the demonic realm knows your weaknesses. And when, when the, the demonic realm lines up with your weaknesses, it's, it's, it's sort of irritated or aggravated. And you may not even understand how the enemy is feeding in to your weak places, but I'll guarantee you he's trying to hook up a device to feed you and cause you to become dependent upon him. And he'll do that in the most deceptive ways that he possibly can. Let me... He does that in two ways. Temptation, accusation. Temptation, accusation. All right? Temptation. He'll get you to have a higher view of yourself than you do of God. In other words, you'll view your need more than more important, more more valuable, higher than you will view the holiness and the righteousness of God. And you'll justify your need getting met. Even if that requires sin. Because you have a low view of the holiness and the righteousness of God. Temptation will do that. You will be tempted to take something that does not belong to you in some fashion and absorb it into your life when the holiness of God demands different. That, that is a temptation. Satan hides the holiness of God. You have a low view of holiness. You do what you should not do. Another way this happens is that he comes with accusation. In other words, he gets you to have a low view of yourself and a very low view of God's love. He shames you. He hides from you the love and the acceptance of God. And so you get a very low view of God's love. And then your needs are drawn up and you begin to try to get your needs met in some other form of satisfaction or affirmation. And so you do what you should not do. Either way, it's sin. Either way. All right? So oftentimes, he will show you what we call the, the, the bait that hides the hook. Ask Pastor Dave about that when it comes to fishing. The bait that hides the hook. And what happens is, you begin to believe, you're deceived, and you begin to believe a lie that says, a short-term pleasure is better than a long-term gain. And we let go of our faithfulness and our obedience to God to get what we want in the now. And here's what we get in the end, long-term grief live outside of that deeper connection with God. The enemy is at work to do these very things in your life. He's at work to do these things in your life today. How many of you got scriptures right now? How many of you came up with something? All right, great. All right. Jagger, start us out here. Stand up and just quote your scripture reference and read it to me. Look at that. Faithfulness. Not fear. Faithfulness. See the, see the opposing piece there? We don't live in fear. 
We don't live in fear. We live in faith. We trust God, even in adversity, even in difficult situations. We trust God. Who else? All right, August. Beautiful. Not walking in the flesh, walking in the spirit. Trusting God, believing in God. Yes. Amen. Jared, you have one? Go ahead, stand up. Right. Okay. Melissa. Amen. Amen. All right. Daniel. Amen. One more. John, did you have one? Stand with me. Let me read you one more. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth 
And having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Amen. Let me pray for you, and then we're going to have the gospel. Father, in the name of Jesus, let these words come alive in our very spirit. I ask you today that you position us, Lord, with an understanding, with a revelation that we are in a battle. And we ask you, God, to help us to stay strong, to stay firm, to do all that your word asks of us to do. And in that place, Lord, when we've done all of this, let us stand. God, let Life Church stand in this neighborhood. Let Life Church stand in this city. Let Life Church stand in this nation. Let Life Church stand around the world, God. Let us have impact, God, because we understand the battle that we are in and that our battle is not with flesh and blood. But we ask you to give us the ability to come against these powers of darkness that we may see victory, that Jesus may be exalted, that you as our Heavenly Father may be glorified, and that the power of the Holy Holy Spirit is released in the church to the glory and the honor of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, we have, you can be seated. We have a gospel presentation and then we'll be done. Wow, I think that's exactly what God would have us to know is that from his word, from the very beginning, he has set a plan in motion. His plan from the very beginning was that we as human beings would, he delighted in us, he created us, yet he understood we would fail. He understood we have areas of weakness. And so in the beginning, he put the plan into place and he told Adam and Eve they had to leave the garden. He told Mary there would be a child. This child would be born. This child would be the one who would be our wisdom, our counselor, our guide, our God. This child was born. His name is Jesus Christ. He lived a sinless life, a perfect life, a life that we can follow, a life that much of it is written here in the Word of God. Ask, ask, and you will have, you will have understanding. It's written here, he lived, and because of sinful man, he died. Took all of our sin, all of the evil, present, past, future, on himself. And he stood in our place, in that death. But he didn't stay dead. He rose again. And the beauty of that is we have the hope of his life. We have the hope of his glory that is in the heavens. That we too, by, by agreeing that we are evil, by receiving the forgiveness of our own sins through that blood of Jesus Christ, we live with him. We live on this earth, but we live to go to heaven. We live in another realm on this earth in victory. There is nothing, nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And we are thankful for that. 
And as our team goes to Brazil, we remember too, even though we are not present with them, he is. He goes before them. He comes behind them. He is all around them. And even as I look at you, I know that many of you have gone to other countries, and you know that. God is present, and we are thankful. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you for your life, your death, your resurrection, the opportunity that we have to live in community and in relationship with you. We are grateful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.